Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com/tapiphone. Online, DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night. The fight starts now with Adam Catterall and Nick Pete. I don't think he's going to get up. On Talksport, the home of boxing. very good positioning, he's in good run of form and I kind of understand the mentality he's in because I've been there before. Not to take any focus away from Cameron Smith, do you know what I mean? I'm fully focused on him but there is a massive pot of gold after this fight for the winner. I want my hands on it. Oh and down he goes! Excellent hook by Callum Three. Smith and it damaged her. Coming and it was a bit of a flash knockdown here but this is good work for Ryder now, landing some good shots. Big left hand and he's in real trouble here! I think sometimes when you're focused on these huge events and huge fights Anything can become a banana skin. Smith just does that, and the beauty of an uppercut just rocks the head back of Holstein. Belala Kobe is all over the place, and there's so much time for Ryder to get the stoppage. Thank you very much. Oh, outstanding! They should stop the fight. No, and that's it. It is over. Daniel, thank you so much. This fight is done. Callum Smith has defended here in New York City. Jane Aidy waves his hands. It's a massive win for John Ryder, the biggest of his career. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm Adam Cattrall, Nick Peter, alongside me. The main event in Liverpool this evening at the M&S Bank Arena is, of course, Callum Smith defending his world titles against John Ryder. Gareth A. Davis went up to Liverpool to the final press conference to speak to both men, talking first to Callum Smith. You always look taller in fight week. Yeah. Um, it's that, that thing when you kind of strip down the weight. I mean, you're an enormous man. I've always made the comparisons that you are the John Conti, the new John Conti from Liverpool. How difficult is it for you against a guy who's really having his world championship? This is his major moment. He's a southpaw. He can be awkward. He's very tough. He's probably got momentum. I think he has. And everybody's saying, ah, oh, Mondo's going to do this easily. Yeah, it's, listen, he, he, he's, a live, he's a live challenger, he's in a very good position and he's in good run of form and I kind of understand the mentality he's, he's in because I've been there before and I've had my first world title shot and I was the underdog and I know the mindset he's got but 
I'm very professional. I understand the risks. I understand how tough a fight it is. And in terms of, I know it's a tough fight, and I've had other tough fights previously where the bookies have had me a massive favourite, which is probably a little bit undeserved. Deserving. And as long as I know it's a tough fight and I know what what the task I ran, then no, I prepared that way and I prepared very well in camp. We've had a good camp, good sparring, and I'm the best in the world, and I believe I'll show it. When you're fighting at home. Do you feel invincible that you ain't giving anything up when you're in Liverpool? Uh, yeah, but I feel that way anywhere in the world, to be honest with you. I think that's what training camps for. You, you you physically prepare yourself, but you mentally prepare yourself for, for what's to come. And as long as I know I've had a good camp and the best version of me turns up, I genuinely believe I beat anyone on the planet. And I've got that mindset going into this fight. John Rad's a good fighter, but I just don't believe he's good enough to beat me when I'm on the game. Do you think he'll get frustrated um, in trying to get inside and we'll have to bring war in the end and that's when it will really ignite for you? Possibly, yeah. It's hard to predict beforehand, but I think I'm just too good for him. I think if we were both five foot nine, I'd still win the fight. I think boxing ability, I'm a better fighter than him. I just think my size advantage probably makes it a little bit, bit more of a task for him at hand. But I say take size out of it. I think I'm the better fighter. I'm a smarter fighter and no, I hit harder and I believe I'm better technically. Um... You beat him on Saturday night. Who is it of all these names you want next? Billy Joe Saunders, Gennady Golovkin, Sol Canelo Alvarez being thrown out there. Which is the Anfield fight for you next year? Uh, I don't know the Anfield ones, obviously. I think the obvious choice is Canelo Alvarez. I don't think he leaves Vegas, so I think that wouldn't be an Anfield job. But, you know, Gennady Golovkin's a special fighter. There's three champions in my weight division who are all undefeated and all hold the belt. So I'm in a good division where there isn't just one fight I need to chase. There's a lot of other options and I've got a good team and army and providing they can deliver one of the big names next year. I think that's when people will start to see the best of me. I really want you to face Canelo because I'm a stat man over your family. But no, because if you fight Canelo, you, Paul and Liam will have fought two guys who I consider it pound for pound in the world at the time. Two of you against Canelo and your elder, eldest brother against uh, Andre Ward. It's an incredible stat to come out of one family, one house, one town in Britain. Oh, it's incredible, Callum. Yeah, it's good. And oh, it's only when you, people like yourself read the factors, we kind of realise what we're doing as a family. And we've always just tried to be the best we can possibly be. And we're doing well at the minute. We, we've managed to achieve quite a lot. And no, I think we've still got a, a bit more to achieve. And, you mentioned facing you know, the best fans in the world. Hopefully we can get a win over one of them. And, and the other thing that we have kind of touched on this before, um, and I, I'm, listen, you've done nothing wrong in your career and it's been timed perfectly so far, but I've mentioned this to you before. I know I have, and you kind of, your face lights up, in fact, and it's not an insult, it's a compliment. We want to see you in a couple of wars before you yeah. end. Joe doesn't. Joe Gallagher, your trainer, is looking at me right now. In fact, he's just giving me a very stern look, and he's looking very lean at the moment. He's carrying the belts. He might even give me a little slap at the end of this interview. I think he's been wanting to do that for a while anyway, to be honest. A couple of years now. But um, the, 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 you've done nothing wrong, but it's like... To remember that that kind of war that you were in, that 12-round war with Canelo that was life and death, yeah. there was a controversial draw, or, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and then I, you had a rematch. It kind of yeah. solidifies your legacy more, doesn't it? Yeah, you know? because I don't, I don't think yeah. my career matches my achievements. Exactly. I think if exactly. they told me I'd achieve what I have at the start of my career by 25, 26 fights, I'd imagined a few wars along the way, a few yeah. knockdowns, a few yeah. cuts, and luckily I haven't had any of them. But <laughs> so now I, I wouldn't mind one, maybe two. You know, they are good fights and fights that people probably remember you for, but it's not to mean I'm not complaining. I've, I've just, got here without any marks and yeah. no mileage on the clock, which is, you know, especially after we've seen you know, yes. the sport recently, it, it's, it's not a bad thing to be remembered for, but 
Yeah, listen, I remember watching Liam fight Mungia. It was a good back and forth oh, fight. It was, it was tough watching I remember it. sitting watching it thinking, I, I, I'd love to be involved in one of these, but then when it actually comes down to it, I think I like to make it easy as much as I can. Oh, uh, OK, that's fair enough. No, it's just, I mean, being an older person, yeah. of course, I I've, listen, I don't yeah, wish yeah. any damage on you, yeah. of course. It's just, fight. yeah, yeah, I believe exactly. that's when you'll see the best of me as well, yeah, when yeah. it's a back and forth yeah, fight. Yeah. and. No, I lose a couple of rounds and you have to see me come back and change the fight I think that's when people will see the best of me because as Joe touched on I haven't really had the chance to show that yet and it's probably to no fault of my own but I've, I honestly believe no one's seen the best of me uh, the WBA Super Middleweight Champion Callum Smith speaking to Gareth A. Davis a little earlier on this week at the final press conference ahead of his fight he's the main attraction tonight the man looking to topple him is John Ryder and Gareth A. Davis was talking to him as well I'm here with John Ryder. We're in Liverpool. It's fight week. You've got a game face on. I can see it. The gorilla is here. Is it all right being up here? You're kind of in enemy territory in some ways. You know, it's the land of the Smiths. Yeah. There's four of them. The dad's here. They're all here. All the, you know, it's a big press conference with everyone supporting him almost here. You know, there's a big Liverpool turnout. Always it's a fight city. Do you like that back against the wall feeling when you're, when you're coming up here to fight him? It's a sink or swim time. Um, I'm fully in bandit country now. Uh, <laughs> Further so away from home at the moment, it feels like. But um, Dressed like Charles Bronson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not as much of a lunatic as him, though. But, um, yeah, no, I feel good. I've had a great camp. Um, worked hard with Tony Sims and Dan Lawrence. Most times been left unturned. I respect Cannon Smith. He's a, he's a great world champion. He's number one in the world for a reason. Um, beating good fighters along the way. I've been on a good run myself lately, and I'm looking to capitalise on that Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. There is so much for you to gain from this fight it only needs a slip from him we know you've got power you we know that you've got momentum and i think we've talked about this with you in the studio when you've come in to talk sport you really are um a mature man now i know you've been a man for a long time you know but the, the maturity of you as a boxer is really here fight week's not a problem you've been through it so many times you're an experienced campaigner but there's there's so much to feed the people at home with from this fight. There's so much to gain, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, oh, massive. It's going to change my life and my family's life. It's just a great opportunity. Obviously, you get stick up being up here in Liverpool, but listen, I'm sure if I walk down Upper Street at home, people will give me stick there and all. <laughs> people don't always like to give you the, the backing, do they? It's the, um, it's the quiet ones you've got to watch out for. They're, they're supporting you. But, um, no, I'm, I'm excited. I fully expect to get a bit of stick while I'm up here, but so be it. It's fight week. He's Liverpool's son and uh, he's their only world champion. He's a very long fighter and he is dangerous on the inside as well. We know what you're like. You're very durable. You're very powerful. Um, you, you, you're very focused when you fight. That's what I love about you. you you're, you're, very, you're a very intense fighter. Yeah. It's, what, it's what we've enjoyed you doing at super middleweight. Four knockouts or four stoppages yeah. at, um, at super middleweight. Do you, when you prepare for a fight like this, at this stage in your career, are you thinking number one in the division, the belt a huge payday afterwards, the potential of you facing Canelo because you're just a dark version of the, the, the ginger version of him. I've said it forever. Yeah, you've nice got your similar looking. Yeah. It looked good on the posters. Yeah. And you get him to come and fight at whatever it is, Wembley Stadium, or you could go and fight in Vegas. Is that all, does that all feed into the build-up and give you fuel and energy, jet fuel on the way to the fight? Definitely, but not, not to take any focus away from Cameron Smith. Do you know what I mean? I'm fully focused on him, but listen, there's... Um, there is a massive pot of gold after this fight for the winner and I want my hands on it. Mm. What, what have you worked on particularly with Tony without giving the game plan away? You're a southpaw, he's a long super middleweight, um, orthodox. Um, what, are the, what have you looked at with the, with 
the techniques that you can bring to this fight that can turn it into your fight? Just making my, my strength super strengths really, do you know what I mean? Doing what I do well. We all know what Callum Smith does well. He does, he does a lot of things really well. So just got he's going to do what he does, I'm going to do what I do. And just if he keeps it long, I'm going to have to get on the inside. He is very good on the inside as well. Just going to have to mix up. In beat him to the punch. Yeah, beat him yeah. to the punch. Yeah, yeah. Timing beats speed, doesn't it? That's it. You know, course, no, no, yeah. that, I think that's key yeah. in this fight for you. That's what I've yeah. had in my mind. I do think it's a hard fight for you. Oh, listen, there's no easy fights at this level now. Um, the Akawe fight, I treat every fight like a hard fight. The Akawe fight, the Cox fight, the Sorokin fight. These are all, these are all hard fights. And the fight that I probably did take my after ball for was the Sorokin. Underestimated him. Ended up having pretty much a lackluster performance. Got him out of there in the eighth round eventually, but took an unnecessary cut. Head clashes and it's one of them things, but we live and we learn and it's great in the education of me coming through. Do you envisage this fight going into the trenches at some point, John? It's going to be thrilling and exciting. 100%, yeah. I think it, there's, there's no way it can't be. Mm. There's mm. too much riding on it not to be. Brilliant. Always good to see you. You've so got your game face on, I'm intimidated. No, don't be, don't be. You're smiling, but I'm looking in your eyes. There's not a lot of smiles going on in your eyes. You're no pussycat. Yeah. It's great to speak to you as always. Thank, thank you, you very thank much. You. Uh, Gareth there, Davis, catching up with John Ryder there and just before it, uh, the world champion, Calm Smith. They're the main uh, attraction tonight at the MS Bank Arena in Liverpool. Both men sounding confident going into it. Nick, just before, obviously, we uh, give a quick update on the core main event, which is currently going on between Bill and Smith uh, and Glover. Um, how much of a chance does Ryder have tonight? Because when you find the number one super middleweight in the world in his own backyard, do you not need him to be slightly off his game in order to get a bit of a victory? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I, I do rate Callum Smith really highly. You know, I've, co- I've covered his career since he was an amateur. So uh, I know what the kid's all about. and I know what he's, he's more than capable of. And I truly believe he's going to be, he's got the ability to go on and be a, come, become a two-weight world champion and move up to light heavyweight eventually as well. It's all about taking the opportunities when they come along. You know, at the end of the day, John Ryder has worked himself into this position. He's not only beat two leading contenders in two final eliminators, he's done two back-to-back final eliminators to get in this position. He's not only won them fights, he's won them by stoppage. Mm. You know, of his, of his last four wins, he's had four straight, win, uh, four straight stoppages. And only two of those guys had ever lost one fight each. The other two were undefeated guys. Yeah. So you can't... And done it away as well in exactly America. on the road. So you can't rule John Ryder out in this fight because he has worked forever to get here. And he told me just this week, he said, for me, there is no Sunday, there is no Christmas, there is no tomorrow. It's all about this fight with Callum Smith. I put every ounce of my energy, I've trained my entire life to get to this position. Meanwhile, you, when you speak to Callum Smith, you can't not talk about what comes next. You can't not talk about potentially fighting Canelo or Triple G or potentially fighting at Anfield because that's the rhetoric around them. That's what everybody's talking about around Callum Smith. John Ryder's not thinking that at all. He is just thinking seek and destroy. And that's why I think tonight... The bookies have got it slightly wrong. I think it's going to be a tough fight. I think at some stage, Callum Smith may have to dig deep. I think he will get the stoppage in late on. But John Ryder is not here to make up the numbers. Alongside me this evening, uh, Nick Pete, you may be able to tell uh, through the tones of his accent that he's from Liverpool. We're obviously doing the show because there's a big Liverpool show on this evening at the MS Bank Arena. Uh, earlier this week, Nick I went with his microphone to speak to two of the most prominent uh, Scouse sports stars of recent times. So the next 10 minutes or so is literally 
It's, it's, it's the Mersey beat. It's like an episode of Bread. It's basically what you're going Brookside. to be. It Brookside. Is. Is That's back. where we're going. Brookside is on right now. This is Nick chatting to Jamie Carragher and Tony Bellew a little earlier on this week about boxing in the city. Are these the riskiest ones, Jay, when everyone's talking about Canelo and Triple G and potentially headlining at Anfield? Well, not just for Callum. I think for every boxer, you always have to you know, plan ahead and look ahead. I understand that. It's not like you're fighting every week. There's probably three or four fights a year, maybe maximum. Uh, so I don't think it's just for Callum. I think that's every boxer. But, you know, Tony will know a lot more than, than me about that. And, you know, you have to look to the future. But I think I've seen Callum come out and say, you know, he's not going to take it lightly. Of course, he has to say that. But I think boxers fight so frequently that whenever you fight and it's on Sky, there's press conference here today, I think it would make you fully aware how important it is. You did it, Tony. You headlined at Goodison at your on-home turf. You won the world title. Callum's dreaming and aspiring to do the same things. Eddie Haynes instigate, you know, instigated that we're going to see in the ring on Saturday. If his hand's raised, they're going to announce Anfield. He, he's, it's that close he can touch it. Is this the worst possible time? Is this banana skin time? No, it's never banana skin time. He's, he's a, the best 12-stone fighter in the world. He's the, a world champion and he's going to defend his title. I, I believe uh, Rad is even a mandatory challenger at this stage. So, for the WBA, but... Callum goes in and he, he he never underestimates, he never misperforms, he always just gets in and he does the job. You know, as I say, people will look at it and say, well, this is a potential banana skin. Callum Smith will look at it as another potential time to shine. Simple as that. He'll get in there, he'll look to do a job. He'll probably look to do John Ryder in a, in a better way than anyone's done him before. Let's not forget he pushed Rocky Fielding very close, very, very close. Uh, he's won a great few upsets over the last 12 to 18 months since losing to Fielding, so... I expect the best John Ryder, but I expect Callum Smith to turn up and, and just be too good, too big, and too powerful, if I'm being totally honest. You know the four brothers well, Jamie. The whole rhetoric behind all four brothers, even when they were kids, when they were teenagers coming through, was Callum's going to be the best, Callum's going to be the one. Um, do you see that now with the three brothers right behind him, with their experiences playing in his favour, and that he can really push on and maybe even become a two-weight world champion? Yeah, I think so. And, I'm, and listen, I've got limited experience of boxing, but just being in the gym with the lads, he he looks different. A lot of the, you know, Paul, Liam, Steve, and they're a lot smaller fighters. He just, you just look at him. He just, he just looks a perfect uh, specimen for any sport. Really, could be, you know, he looks, he looks like a footballer, a swimmer, anything about him. He just looking. He's just got a perfect, uh, you know, physique uh, for boxing with that long reach. And it's almost been waiting. For Callum in some ways because he was the youngest one coming through a lot of them got spoke about before obviously because they were uh, professional before he was but now it just feels like his time and uh, I think the real big one that really opened everyone's eyes probably nationally not locally was obviously the Groves fight that was a really big one that really for me put him right on the uh, the map now and just hopefully in the next however long he's got left in his career whether that's four or five years maybe even more he can have really some of those real super fights really that are you know remembered alongside some of the ones Tony's been involved in The win over Groves as Jamie said did stand him out did make him the number one uh, ring magazine champion at 12 stone then he went over to New York and he, he beat Hassan and Dan with a great finish Tony but it was completely overshadowed because of what Andy Ruiz did to Anthony Joshua that night but in terms of Callum Smith since George Groves has his career slowed down a little bit too much because his inactivity, he, he seems to have suffered from it and everyone's kind of forgotten about him again. You've got to understand when you come from such a high-profile tournament like the WBSS and you become you know, a, a recognised world champion, it's very hard to top that. It really is. So what do you do? Then you go on someone else's bill, possibly the biggest fighter in boxing, Anthony Joshua, and you look to 
co-main event on it. You know, you try and capture the audience that he's bringing to the table a little bit. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. The thing that Callum's always going to have as a problem is is growing out and coming out to the mainstream audience. You know, you've got to kind of project yourself onto the to the casuals. And because Callum's not the type to open his mouth and give someone a slap at a press conference like others, then it's very, very hard. I couldn't name names. There's some big dope called Tony Bell. You used to do things like that. But he's gone now. He's old, fat and retired. Uh, so it's very hard to project yourself to the mainstream casuals without doing that. But what people should take into context and, and remember is that Callum is a massively skilled fighter. Callum is a class in his own right. He does things brilliantly, he does things by the book, and he doesn't need to open his mouth. And people shouldn't have to open their mouths to want to cross over to the mainstream public. Anthony Joshua doesn't open his mouth too much, but what he does is he's a heavyweight, and he does what heavyweights do. He knocks people out, otherwise he gets knocked out every now and again. So for Callum, it's kind of, it's very, very hard, and you need to project, so I say, to a huge, big name. I think the only name that that can do something like that is a Triple G or a Canelo. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see him put Chris Eubank Jr. in his place. But uh, in all honesty, I don't think Eubank Jr. is brave enough to take it, if I'm being absolutely brutally honest. But you put enough cash or you dangle the carrots enough in front of him, I'm sure he'll try and snap it up. Uh, I just want Callum to be put on a stage on his own where he can shine. It's, it's, Liverpool's a difficult place. I've been world champion. I've come here and headline myself. Difficult sell because... Us as a people are like, we all want to support each other, but in the north, mate, the money just isn't as free-flowing as down in the south. And that's just the economy, that's just the way life is. That's that's being a northerner for you. But uh, Callum has just needs the right opportunity now. I do think he'll get it. Uh, he's a brilliant fighter, an established world champion, the best 12-stone fighter in the world. I'm supporting him Saturday, mate, I really am. And I'm only urging him and wishing him to do well, as he always does. Those legacy-defining fights, though, the Canelos, the Triple Gs, it seems impossible we're going to bring one of those to Anfield. There was talk that Callum might sign with Golden Boy, which would have potentially opened the the door to a fight with Canelo. Instead, he stuck with Matchroom, he stuck with Eddie Hearn on the promise of Anfield. In your opinion, you've made that walk at Goodison Park. I guess you wouldn't sacrifice that for for any kind of opponent. Mate, I was offered millions of pounds, and I've never been in contract with Matchroom to face another fighter on a different bill. So my... My loyalty's never been questioned and never can be questioned. Millions of pounds when I was broke and was still trying to buy my first house. So I can never be questioned on that kind of thing. The hardest thing for Callum is is what they promise you to make the move when you're out of contract. But Callum's re-signed his contract because Callum's been tremendously loyal to Matchroom from day dot and they've stuck with him all the way through. It's kind of been re-paid to him. Now Callum's a millionaire. He's, a tw- he's the number one 12 stone fighter in the world and he's on the greatest promotional platform in the world in Matchroom and the zone. There's just no questioning that Callum's in the best place he needs to be. The only thing that needs doing now is the opponents. But opponents are, are a lot harder to find than than someone who you've got who's on the same platform as you. So, you know, there is the Canelo out there, there is the Triple G, but I'm not going to lie, mate. Do they want a piece of Callum Smith? Who wants a piece of a 6 foot 4 super middleweight, mate? Because let me tell you, if I could still make light heavy, I wouldn't want a piece of it. 6 foot 4 makes 12 stone easy and just keeps drilling people. <laughs> It doesn't sound good, mate. So I don't think Canelo wants any. Canelo is cherry-picking fighters who have seen better years in the career, a little bit heavier, a little bit older. So in my opinion, I think Canelo will probably stay in and around 12-7, maybe even come down 12-stone and cherry-pick the weaker fights in the division. So he'll probably want to lift a super-middle bauble. I know he's kind of lifted one, but you know, let's be let's be serious now. Uh, and he's tucked Kovalev's title. So 
I could probably see him doing another 12 stone 7 fight or if he does come down to 12 stone I doubt very much he's going to want to touch Callum and I'll tell you something mate he will not come to Anfield this man wants everything in his favour uh, he wants to be the A-side in every bargain and he, he, don't get me wrong Canelo is the A-side going into any negotiation because he's such a big draw but at the same time if he is the A-side going into negotiations at an Anfield fight he's not going to be he's not going to be recognised when he walks that ring as the A-side he's not going to be treated as the A-side when he comes into the city of Liverpool he'll soon find out mate that there's hard places outside of Mexico in the world he'll soon realise there's tougher kids from outside of Mexico in the world if he does come in as the balls to face Callum Smith Callum's going to be here today Jamie obviously he won't want to be talking about Anfield just yet he'll want to keep that on hold but from a Liverpool fans perspective you know, we've not seen boxing at Anfield since the 1950s one incredible Mark in his career, what a defining moment for his career. If he's the guy that headlines the first time professional boxing heads back to Anfield, what a moment that would be for him. It'd be amazing for everyone within the city. And I mean, you only have to look at the example of Tony and Goodison, how, how much the city got behind that, especially ever Tony's, because it's iconic, isn't it, being at, at your stadium where you normally watch football and seeing you know, a world title fight. And that'll be the same with a lot of people in Liverpool, but certainly Liverpoolians, you, you want to go there. Uh, it's, it's the place you go most weeks to watch the football and something different. And you want to be a part of it, of course, you can bring a, a greater crowd in financially. I think it works a lot more uh, for the boxers. But you have to be in at a certain level. It has to be a certain level fight. And that's credit to, to Tony getting to that level that he needed to be to, to have a fight at Goodison and to fill it out. And there's no doubt Callum Smith will do the same. The, just making that ring walk, he's obviously got to walk out so you'll never walk alone. They're talking about potentially being the middle of May, so post the football season. Will a Premier League trophy being carried out by Trent Alexander-Arfield? Can we dream? Can we, can we go with that? We're talking about Trent carrying the Premier League trophy out in front of Callum Smith. Fair play to him, mate. They've already won it anyway, so, you know, I'm just... Uh, Exasperated. I'll let you answer these questions because he answered them much better than me. He's much more uh, PC than me, much more politically correct than he. He just says the right things at the right time. So answer the <laughs> question, Jay. I was just wondering what the uh, what he brought out for Tony at Goodison before and he just brought a nice green belt out last season. <laughs> we all went nuts one night in Goodison Park. <laughs> May the 29, 2016. That's what he done for me. <laughs> what would that be like though, Jay? You know, for the fans packed in there for Anfield. You know, we've had some incredible nights at Anfield in recent years. Never mind years gone by, but. To see boxing come back, a world champion from this city, walk out as the number one in the world as well. Oh, listen, it'll be brilliant. And if what you mentioned before about Liverpool, there's a long way to go in the league, but I'm sure if uh, Liverpool were to win the league, the celebrations are going all summer, that'd be another chance to celebrate. And certainly with uh, if Callum could do the business on the night as well, so it'll be a, you know, a brilliant night for Callum. But as I said, he's got to make sure he, he finishes this fight off first, and then I'm sure we can, uh, we can all look forward to that. You don't know too much about Paddy Barnes. Listen, this man is a, a two-time gold uh, medal winner at the uh, Commonwealth Games, two-time medalist as well at the Olympic Games as well. One of the best amateurs that Britain and Ireland have produced in recent times. He's called time on his professional career this week, and it's a delight uh, to have him on Fight Night here on Talk Sport. Paddy, great to have you on. How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, yeah I'm good. Uh, I'm just back from London, where I was watching Tyrone McKenna played last yes. night in um, York Hall. In the uh, in the MTK Golden uh, contract, yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show, mate. No doubt about that. But let's listen. This is all about you. Let, let's wax lyricals <laughs> about you, my friend. The decision to call time on your professional career, nine fights in, was it an easy decision, or did you wrestle with it for for a long period of time? And obviously, have conversations with your family about it. No, to be honest, it was quite and not so much easy, but like just 
a strange one because like, I've been boxing before I can remember. So like I, I did know know myself that you know I, I was getting slower, my reaction getting slower in training and sparring and I knew like, because of that there was no way on earth I would have caught it at the top level and you know I was on one for wanting to hang about getting an empty record stating journeyman so I said like, I'm not going to be world champion so what's the point of boxing so I just quit well, Do you have any regrets not necessarily with the, deci- the, the final decision um, the amateur, the amateur pedigree, mate, is ridiculous. The yeah. amount of trinkets that you've got there and what have you. But is there a, maybe a thought in your mind that maybe you could have turned over slightly earlier to achieve maybe some of those professional goals that you had? No, because to be honest, um, becoming becoming a professional was never uh, a dream of mine. My dream is always to to win the Olympics, um, and once I failed in Rio. I was given the opportunity to go professional by um, NGM at the time, uh, NCKNI, and uh, I, I jumped it. Um, but in regards to regrets, definitely not, no, because as I say, it wasn't my dream to become professional. Uh, I want to stay amateur, basically on my career. Listen, um, listen. Say, say even that after London, even after London, you know, Beijing, no, ever approached me as a professional so there was no interest there yeah, until obviously NTK came on yeah I know that you just said failed in Rio there mate listen you're being harsh on yourself right because I'm looking down the list of all the things that you have achieved Beijing and, uh, and London as you mentioned and obviously the Commonwealth gold medals as well that are in there there's yeah. no failure about this career mate let me tell you um, for you for you personally what what was the highlight was it the first gold at the Commonwealth Games, or was it obviously then walking out and maybe carrying the flag for your country at the Olympic Games? Yeah, people people have, have been recently asking me this question, and to be honest, there's, there's two occasions for me to stand out. Um, more than the first one being I'm winning gold at the European Championships in 2010. Yeah, and the other one being uh, being flag bearer. At the Rio Olympics, so them two, in my whole career with uh, Stan, but the rest. Like you say, I mean, just thinking of that, getting that opportunity is sensational, isn't it, Nick? It, it, it's it's bonkers that someone of Paddy's pedigree and the following he had as well, that you weren't approached, Paddy, on numerous occasions yeah. by promotion promoters because... It's just insane. The level you were competing at internationally, that you would have transitioned a lot earlier, I'm sure. And, you know, potentially, you know, you go on and win a world title. Yeah, if I had a number five still after London, you know, I wouldn't have took the approach to fast track. So I would have had a longer period to transition. But you're saying there a bit, you would think promoters would have something bored. Because of, because of my success, but there's been a lot of successful amateurs in Ireland, but you know, none of them have been saying to British promoters, I don't know what it is, I have something against the Irish fighters or what, but there's, there's some saying, you know, Mick Common and, and um, Carl Fratman are saying to um, a promoter at the minute. Yeah, yeah. So, it's strange. 
Uh, obviously, Carl's fighting next week. He's got ambitions of him uh, of going on again and winning uh, yet another world title. When he eventually calls time, are you two going to set up a double act and maybe do a little bit of, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, a little bit of Anton Deck or something like that? Maybe you two hosting the jungle or something? Because I think that could be the next step, pal. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows, who knows what could happen? If he wants to go down, go down that route, I'm more unwilling and doing something like that. <laughs> no problem at all. For those that don't know what I'm referring to, you need to follow these two clowns on social media, right? Because it's just literally <laughs> constant banter, just ripping the living daylights out of each other. Is that all you two do? Your WhatsApp groups must be absolutely ferocious. Yeah, I, I talk to them all the time. Every other day, there's talking to on WhatsApps and phone calls and that there, but it's all about a crack. You know what? That, this is the kind of stuff that uh, gets you through long, hard, lonely camps. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. What's the next step for you now, Paddy? Because, of course, you know, you, you've done this your entire life. It's not like yeah. you're going to walk away from the ring, I'm sure. Are you going to go into management? Are you going to do some more coaching? You know, where, where do you see your future lie within, within and in and around the sport? Um, well, at the minute, um, I'm doing a bit of work, but um, it's, it's with sport too. But I think amateur boxing is, is something that I'm passionate about. So, I think I will stay and try and help amateur boxing a lot. Not so much coaching, um, because I hang up the patients, but I will help out the kids in the club and yeah. try and like, develop them from like, what I've learned and try and like, help the kids in the club. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like what you said, the you have without any shadow of doubt yourself Carl and Michael without any shadow of a doubt and obviously uh, in Ireland as well with Katie and, and various other fighters that are coming through Northern Ireland and, and, and Southern Ireland the amount of people that you are inspiring that next generation I think it would be Absolutely. an incredible waste if you're not in some way shape or form in some type yeah. of gym being able to just pass that on you know what I mean of, of, of because there's going to be kids out there that maybe face disappointment of not making the Olympic team or the Commonwealth team and stuff like that, and, and you'll have been there as a, as a junior and what have you. To be able to pass that knowledge on is absolutely invaluable. Yeah, and I feel like it's kind of a duty to uh, give back what I've learned and experience to the younger generation coming through because, you know, being nice myself, being an ice boxer, sorry, um, I want... Ireland as an Asian to do so, so well so if I can help in any shape or form then I'm going to do it to ensure that we become one of the best boxing nations in the world One of, one of my um, favourite pictures that went round Instagram this is about three, four years ago the first time I saw it but this is it's obviously been taken a long time ago is when you were offering Anthony Joshua out that were a cracker mate you know what I mean you, you were, uh... <laughs> that, was, that, <laughs> that picture was in, was in real. <laughs> you were giving him the big and you know what I mean obviously Anthony's six foot, six foot six and, uh, let's just say you're, sl- you're, you're not six foot six let's just say that so therefore the juxtaposition of you two against each other was uh, you'd, you'd, have had a, you'd have had a good go wouldn't you you'd have managed to get on the inside and give him a good go wouldn't you I reckon I, I definitely reckon I could have bruised his shin <laughs> <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We've got the final three rounds to go here, the championship rounds, if you like. So and it's tight. This is uh, it is tight, yeah. But I think uh, for me, from what I've seen, uh, I think Ryder still needs a big round to, really, to convince anybody, but it is tight. Mm. Uh, we're talking about Callum Smith versus John Ryder. It's happening in Liverpool. It's moments in time. They're in the 10th round. Uh, we will keep you up to date with it. It is uh, very, very nip and tuck, though. It's not as one-sided as uh, I personally thought that it might be. Sensational performance this from John Ryder so far. We'll keep you up to date with it. Uh, now, last night at the York Hall, it was the super lightweight uh, quarterfinals for the uh, MTK Golden Contract. And I don't know about you, Nick, but I'm starting to really fall in love with uh, tournament boxing. <laughs> I love it. It's the, uh, I loved Prize Fighter. I don't know why Prize yeah. Fighter ever went away. It was great. For those that don't know what Prize Fighter is, it was uh, three rounds. You got bonuses for knocking people out. It was absolutely tremendous. Rock three fights in one night. Oh, mate, proper <laughs> stuff. That's what it's all about. This is a little bit different. It's uh, over 10 rounds, and it's split very similar to the World Boxing Super Series. I think it's taken its inspiration from the World Boxing Super Absolutely. Series, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, the World Boxing Super Series has kind of revolutionized the way that we that boxing should be. And I think a lot of promoters should be looking at the, what the Sowlands and Kamosa AG have done and be thinking to yourself, do you know something? Look at this now. Off the back of these four finals that we've had so far, we've got four Ring Magazine number one champions, the best yeah. fighting the best, sold-out arenas, people all over the world going crazy for tournament boxing. And great fights, more and, than anything. And absolutely They're sensational fights. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we should start putting our guys in with some of the best guys or maybe even set up our own tournaments. And that's exactly what MTK have done with this golden contract. And, um, you know, once again, it's thrown up some really brilliant fights. The first first round a few weeks ago in the featherweight division was ace. And this one last night featuring the uh, super lightweights absolutely delivered again. Four really thrilling fights. Guys, what I like about it is that the throwing guys in are, you know, you've got a couple of guys in here, who've, or certainly one guy in who's fought for a world title, been an IBO world champion, if you recognize that as a, a world title belt. And you know I don't. Uh, former European champion. Uh, in there with guys who are very much still at domestic level, punching through from English title level. So it, 
I, I love it. I love the makeup of it. The golden contract, of course, is referencing to the fact that the winner of these uh, these eight men elimination tournaments will um, will stand proudly with a golden contract with a leading promoter mm. on the on one side of the Atlantic and a big TV deal. So hundred, I think it's a hundred thousand dollar signing bonus. So it's a huge. Uh, a tournament and it's great for these guys involved to try and break through and it's good that it's based here in the UK because a lot of UK fighters are getting big opportunities um, for the tournament yesterday what norm- what happens with the draw of these tournaments basically uh, they draw sh- uh, straws uh, four of the eight fighters in the quarterfinals are therefore the pickers and they get to choose who they're, who they're fighting obviously in, the, in, in a ranked order uh, and as I'm looking down this list three of the pickers all got beat <laughs> yeah. So there's only Mohamed Mamoun who came through against uh, Dan Sutiz. You had Ke- uh, Kieran Gethin. Um I felt for him a little bit, Kieran, yeah. because he came in last minute and then his opponent changed again literally on the day. And it was Jeff Afori who came in. And Jeff Afori fought last week, so he was fresh. Uh, yes, okay, he was fighting at the weight category above that he fought at last week, but he was absolutely as slick as they come, Jeff. I thought he, played, he boxed extremely well and came through that really, really well. The one that I was most interested in, of course, uh, was Ahara Davis fighting Logan Yoon. Logan Yoon, a guy hotly tipped uh, coming in from overseas. He picked kind of by default Ahara Davis because he was the fourth picker yeah. and he kind of got Ahara because nobody else really wanted him mm-hmm. uh, and Ahara got a, a stoppage and I, I'm assuming that's who you were referring to two moments ago when you were talking about one of the bigger names uh, compared to the rest of them yeah exactly I think you know I think British fight fans will have loved uh, Ohara Davis here and fancy him to come through um, but Logan Ewan I thought was uh, was one of the toughest guys out there a kid who's undefeated from Hawaii big noise being made about him in America uh, and he came over to this side of the Atlantic to enter this tournament really thinking it was going to be the, the breakthrough of his career and we've seen O'Hara go to the top end of the sport before the likes of Josh Taylor and come short mm. um, but he answered all the questions that were there and I think Ewan couldn't really handle how unpredictable O'Hara was. And listen, O'Hara Davis carries power. And mm. uh, as he proved again here, I thought he made a real statement with this seventh round stoppage last night. But for me, you, you touched on it then. It was Mamoun who, who was the European champion. It yeah. was Mamoun who fought for a world title belt, held a version of a world title. Um, for me, he was the guy that kind of stood out. I know Darren Surtees is very much... a. Uh, uh, domestic level fighter still. This was always going to be a big reach for him. He's he's only had 12 fights, but he entered this tournament and said, I, I really want to try myself at the highest level. And unfortunately for him, he got Mamoun, which is, for me, the t- one of the toughest draws out there, just because he's got so much experience, you know, 24, 25 fights as a pro. And I think he, he, he just, he took that experience to this, into this fight. He used up Sertie's nervous energy to drain him in the early round of the fight, and then he got the stoppage in the fifth. For me, Mamoun is the guy to beat in the tournament. But let's be honest, all we cared about was the fact that Tyron McKenna got through, yeah. O'Hara Davis got through, and they don't like they've each had other. beef, <laughs> they hate each other, and they're going to come together at some stage in this tournament, hopefully. Mm. Um, do you foresee other promoters maybe looking at the MTK tournament and the World Boxing Super Series and fancying it themselves? Because let's be honest, they're both, being, they're both extremely successful. The fans are most certainly turning out for them. And, and th- like, as you just said, they're providing really good competitive fights. And in the World Boxing Super Series case, fights of the highest order. Yeah, and I think, you know what? I think the sport of boxing's changing. I think it's having to change. Go back 10 years and it was all about undefeated records. It was all about, you know, yeah. Ricky Hatton being undefeated in 30-odd fights before he fought for a real world title. Joe Calzaghe unbeaten in 30-odd fights you know, before he... It, that was the way the world was then. It was all about this undefeated record and that's how you sold arenas up and down the country domestically and how you headline cards on TV. But sport has changed. I think the emergence of MMA and the UFC 
and the fact that guys there win and lose all the time. And I think the emergence of tournaments like Prize Fighter just relighting people's careers, you know, and guys who've got losing records coming in and suddenly winning these tournaments and putting themselves back in world title contention. We're seeing it here tonight. You know, John Ryder's got a couple of losses on his record, and yet he's 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 you know he's going toe to toe with Callum Smith, the number one super middleweight in the world. I think boxing fans now, and and thankfully promoters and TV executives are realising that a couple of losses on a record doesn't spell the end. Boxing is all about good matchups. It's all yeah. about styles, make fights. It's an entertainment business at the end of the day. And I think fighters, with a, with a, a loss on their record, it's no longer career suicide. It just means that they just need to be going a different direction. And these tournaments are offering different directions. If you've not seen any of uh, the MTK Golden Contract uh, fights from last night, it will be available on your planner. So go and have a little bit of a nausea. I'll tell you one thing that will be available on your planner. If you're listening to us right now, uh, if you're at work or maybe out and about, sat in a taxi or whatever it may be, when you get home, make sure you have a little bit of a watch of Callum Smith and John Ryder. These because two are swinging for the fences I tell you now. something, they are at it. This is for the super middleweight world championship. Callum Smith, the champion in his hometown, defending his crown against John Ryder, the interim champion. We're going into the last round wow. and it could not be any closer. I'm going to be dead honest. I genuinely thought that Callum Smith would have taken care of business, not necessarily stop John Ryder because I know how tough he is, but I thought that he would be well ahead. Right at this moment in time, according to Andy Lee, he is literally one point ahead. He's one round ahead going into the last round. If, you know, if John Ryder brings it here, we could have a serious decision on our hands in around about three minutes' time. So stick with us. We will give you that result in a moment or two. You are listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. I can tell you that Callum Smith has taken a unanimous decision victory uh, over John Ryder. I had the sound off. Uh, on my monitor, so I didn't actually hear the exact scores, but he retains his WBA uh, Super Middleweight Championship of the World and his Ring Magazine belt, but I'll tell you something, flipping heck, that was close. I'm just having a little bit of a flick through social well, media. The, and the, score amount... cards, the scorecards aren't close. 116, 112, 116, 112, and a 117-111. No. That, that wasn't the fight I seen on my monitor. I thought it was close. I had Smith nicking it by probably two rounds. I give him the last round as well, but... Wow, one seventeen, one eleven. That's harsh. That is very, very harsh. John Ryder absolutely threw the kitchen sink at that world title attempt, and I think those cards are a discredit to him. That was that is so unfair with the amount of work that he put in there. Listen, we have kind of watched that whilst interviewing people and doing a radio show. I'm going to go back and I'll watch that and I'll give you a little bit more of uh, uh, my own personal proper analysis once that uh, once this show's finished. I'll, uh, I'll stick it on social media a little bit later on. It seemed extremely close, that. Yeah. For someone to score that by five points the, or six points even uh, towards Callum Smith, I think he's incredibly unfair on John Ryder. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, as you say, it's difficult because you know we weren't scoring the fight. We were uh, we were chatting away, but um, every time I looked up, John Ryder seemed to be in the fight. Certainly in the clinch on the inside, there was loads of good work there. I think I've had a little scan of social media there, and there seems to be a real backlash on the scorecards, especially uh, a lot of people scored it a draw. A lot of people have got. I'm seeing more John Ryder. Uh, of the persuasion that John Ryder just nicked the fight, to be honest with you. So mm. uh, it does seem pretty harsh. But the big question now is, you know, where do both these guys move on to from here? Because when a fight is this close, will will Callum Smith feel comfortable moving on to the next stage of his career when there's a fight that's people are debating already that he lost? Mm. Uh, like you said, the... Uh... <laughs> 
the backlash on social media is uh, is absolutely crazy, and uh, we'll give you a bit more of a proper analysis in uh, in the week once we've uh, watched that fight back. But with a with a performance like that, a close performance like that in a fight where a lot of people thought that he he was going to dominate and put in a bit of a clinical performance in front of his home fans in Liverpool, where does that leave him now in this division? What does he go on to next? Uh, for Callum Smith, of course, you know he's got to go on to the he's got to go on and beat the, the beat the beat the next level. He's got to try and move on. For John Ryder, you know, after the performance like that tonight, you've got to get him into a world title fight as soon as possible. There was a lot of talk of him fighting Chris Eubanks senior junior anyway mm. in the build up to this fight. In fact, John Ryder told me that he'd signed to fight Eubank uh, with the IBO belt on the line for what that's worth and. That fight now absolutely should be made because that, for me, is a is a is a direct passageway for the winner of that fight to get a crack at Callum Smith. But as I say, for, for me, Callum Smith may may go back and look at the tape and think, you know what, I don't feel comfortable moving on to the next level until I later rest that that performance against John Ryder because that fight for me looked razor close. I think he uh, he will get a lot of credit for that if he decided to go back and take uh, John Ryder on again, because I think that was, like I said, just the judges' scorecards, 116-112 on two separate occasions. Wow. And then oh, the 117-111, you're looking at that, you're thinking, listen, I, I know we were only flicking in and out of that fight, but there's absolutely no way that that's a 117-111 fight. You know how I feel, and you know who the judge was, because without even saying his name, you know who scored it 117-111. Was it your mate Terry? Terry O'Connor scored, Your it, mate, scored Terry. It by five rounds to Callum Smith, and you know it, this is—it's a real issue at the moment, and it's an issue that we've been criticised about when foreign boxers come over to the UK shores and get and get real bad decisions put against them. But this is two British guys fighting one another. These are two matchroom signed fighters. These are two Sky Sports signed fighters. It's not fair when one guy puts that much work in to realise his dream that. The judges are so substandard that they miss it so heavily. Now, listen, again, we've not scored it properly here tonight, and I do want to go away and score it myself. And like Adam, I will put some stuff up on social media. But every time I looked up, that was a fight. Every time I looked up, there was concerned faces from both parties, from both corners. It was a serious fight from start to finish, and you could see so there was there was... The fight was still there to be won in the championship rounds. You could see it written on both their faces. I do believe Callum Smith edged the fight from what I've seen, but I maintain that that fight was razor close. And I'm, I'm, I'm gutted for John Ryder. You know, he, he looks exhausted here, but there's not a mark on him either. Hmm. Um, we are going to uh, try our very best to get you a little bit of uh, Callum Smith and maybe even John Ryder, as they are currently speaking to uh, uh, the television people at this moment in time. Um, because I think it's only fair that we hear from uh, them post-fight. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll have a, some a, a little bit of something for you. I, I can tell you uh, that the social media backlash is uh, is absolutely rife at this moment in time. I don't know how much to read into that because, listen, everybody's emotional. Everybody would have had a dog in that race, or maybe they've viewed it um, with non-biased eyes just to. Uh, and viewed it as just as a, as, as a sporting event, but it seemed extremely harsh. The scorecards. Um, listen, like I said, it's 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 very difficult for us to give you a definitive answer and actually put nail our colours to the mask when you've not watched the full twelve rounds uh, from start to finish. Um, but I'm sure we'll get a little bit of uh, response from uh, Callum Smith and uh, John Ryder 
uh, in the not too distant future. As I said a moment or two ago, uh, Callum Smith with uh, with such uh, backlash on social media, I won't be surprised if he decided to have another go with John Ryder or. What does he do next? Because all the rhetoric coming into this, Nick, has been about Anfield, has been about Canelo, has been about Triple G. Performances like that, with all due respect, don't get Canelo. Canelo doesn't come to play at £168 because Callum Smith, apart from bringing a couple of belts, isn't really bringing much else. No, he isn't, no. And uh, as you say, the critical thing there, though, he does bring a couple of belts and he is the, he is the one who's ranked number one with the Ring magazine. And that means a lot on the other side of the Atlantic, especially. And I think a performance like that may well, Canelo may well watch a performance like that, look at John Ryder's stature, look at John Ryder's previous defeats on his record, and think, you know what, I'm looking at Callum Smith's record, and I'm picking off a, an agent George Groves, and a, and a Rocky Fielding, who I disposed of quite easily, as probably the marquee wins on his record anyway, so why don't I take on Callum Smith? And I, I think that may well lure Canelo in, but obviously Callum Smith will have to travel for a fight like that, but he's already said that he will travel. Uh, the issue you've got here tonight, is it, is it a case that Callum Smith has kind of got a little bit static after the George Groves win? I know he fought Hassan and Dam over in New York on the AJ card and everything else, but you know it's been a long time since he beat George Groves and he just seems to have been floating around. He hasn't capitalised on that momentum of being the number one in the division, the ring magazine belt. You felt like he needed to move on again. And this always felt like a step backwards for him, with all due respect to John Ryder. Fighting John Ryder, another domestic level opponent. John Ryder, who'd lost to Rocky Field and who Callum Smith had, had beat. Maybe Rock, maybe Callum Smith's come into this fight with a, with a certain mindset of, why am I still here? Why am I still fighting in Liverpool against domestic level opposition? I'm supposed to be the number one in the world. Why aren't I fighting Triple G or Canelo or, or, or Bubo Andrade or these type of people over in the USA on big bills in Las Vegas? And maybe he's just gone a little bit stale in that regard. But regardless, from what I've seen there, that was a fight. And I'm just having a quick look here, Adam. And incidentally, going into that 12th round, a couple of bookmakers at it dead level. So the bookmakers at it level. So if you'd bet on either fighter there, you'd got the same odds, five to four. Wow. So that's how close they had it. So they were watching what I thought we were watching and what, from what I can see, everybody on social media were watching. And that was that. That fight, fight was razor close. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 